This is the Langpreneur podcast where each week we interview experts in the language learning industry who will show you how to turn your passion for languages into a profitable online business so that you can create an independent career doing something you love. I'm your host, Jan van der Aan. Hey everybody, my name is Jan. Welcome back to the Langpreneur podcast. This is episode number 49, which means that I've almost been doing this for a year. So 49 interviews so far. I've really enjoyed talking and getting to know all these Langpreneurs. Um, you know, in a few weeks after episode number, well, actually in episode number 52, I'm going to make a special announcement because we're going to change a few things here on the podcast. And I'm actually thinking about publishing two episodes per week. But if you guys, you know, first I want to hear from you guys. So if you like that idea, then go to Instagram, search for Langpreneur and send me a DM. Let me know what you would like to hear on the podcast. If I receive enough messages and if I think that you guys are waiting for this, are waiting for more episodes, then uh, yeah, we might start publishing two episodes per week um after episode number 52 so let me know also and I've, i don't think i've ever asked you guys for this favor but please give this podcast a positive review on itunes i don't think i've ever asked for uh, reviews but yeah make sure to share this podcast with your friends and give it a good review on itunes or you know any other software or platforms where you're listening to this podcast okay now for this week I'm talking to Tamara Marie from Spanish Con Salsa. Now, I know that some of you, you know, started building your audience because you have this big ambition to maybe one day quit your job and start doing this full-time, right? There's also people who do have a full-time job, who are liking the job and who are just you know, building a platform uh, in order to build a side hustle. And that's basically what Tamara has been doing with her podcast, Spanish Con Salsa. She teaches Spanish through salsa, and uh, yeah, she has a lot of joy in doing it. So in this episode today, we're going to talk to, we're going to learn more about tomorrow's background story, why you might consider having a podcast, there are many benefits, and as a podcast listener, you're probably already aware of a few of those benefits. And the best way to grow an audience through, uh, sorry, the best way to grow a podcast audience should you monetize your your podcast? And if yes, then you know we're going to talk about a few ways how you can do that. Um, podcasting advice for beginners, finding a business system that can work for you, and the advantages of having a side hustle business like Tamara has. So, without further ado, let's get started. Here is my interview with Tamara. Hey Tamara, welcome to the Langpreneur podcast. Tell us a little bit about yourself and what it is you do. Thanks for having me. Um, I'm actually a big fan of the podcast, so I'm actually honored to be on. Um, yeah, so I'm Tamara Marie. I'm from the United States and my main focus right now is helping adults that want to learn the Spanish language do so through culture, travel, and through music because um, that's pretty much how I learned uh, the Spanish language growing up in the U.S. as an English speaker. So I really focus on helping people really learn language in more of a fun way, not, not getting too involved with, you know, trying to master, you know, to get to level C2 necessarily, but be able to have conversations with real people. So I do that through Spanish Con Salsa and I have a podcast 
uh, that I run every week. Right now we publish every Tuesday and we cover uh, various different topics, but a lot of what I do is actually breaking down uh, the lyrics to songs and explaining how you can learn Spanish in a conversational way, even using music. So Yeah, that's a very original idea. So how do you, how do you get that idea? What inspired you to, uh, to start this uh, the thing? Well, it's actually really interesting. Um, for me, I think it was just an organic thing because it's the way that I actually learned Spanish. Uh, now, I did take, you know, Spanish in school. Like, I think most people, like, in high school, you know, they say, oh, pick a second language and you don't take it too seriously. So, I mean, that was me with Spanish. So, I really left school not really being able to speak uh, too much of the language. Uh, but as an adult, I had I'd actually started with, it's funny, I actually started with a Zumba class in the gym. <laughs> And uh, I was, there's was a friend of mine at the time, she was trying to lose a bunch of weight. And I said, Oh, I'll go with you. Cause I was pretty sedentary. And I saw the Zumba class and I was like, what is that? That looks pretty cool. And uh, from there I thought mistakenly that, Oh, I can dance like salsa. I could, I just need to go out because <laughs> I'm, I'm like crushing Zumba. Right. And I found out very quickly that wasn't the case. So I actually had to take lessons to learn how to dance salsa. And in the process of doing that, you know, I really fell in love with the music and I started to wonder, well, what am I dancing to? Like, what are they saying? I know it sounds good, but I really have no idea <laughs> what the songs mean. So that's really what uh, it reinvigorated my desire to learn the language. So I started doing that. And then I also started traveling. Actually, my first trip out of the country was to Panama and I got there thinking, oh, yeah, I got my high school Spanish. I'm good. And I realized very quickly that did not help me. <laughs> so um, it was one of those things that also kind of pushed me to just get a little bit more serious about learning the language and being able to speak it. And, you know, because I loved music, because I was dancing, because it was a part of my life, it just was like a natural fit to use that to uh, propel me to really uh, start to become proficient in the language. Yeah. So it is really interesting. And then, and then what? And then you decided to start a podcast or where do you go from there? Well, it's, it's funny, actually. So I want to tell the story. because I don't know if I've, I've shared it before, but I know that uh, you work a lot with Ali and he's actually a part of the story. I don't know if you knew that. So Who? actually, Ali Richards. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. So I, uh, <laughs> I didn't know that. Yeah, probably about, gosh, I think it was, I think it was three or four years ago now. It was actually a... Facebook reminds me, you know how they give you those reminders of like, yeah. hey, you know, on this date X amount of years ago, this happened. So it actually came up in my newsfeed recently um, when I attended the, it's, it was Langfest now, right? But then it was called the North American Polyglot Symposium. It sounded like very formal. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> now it's Langfest. So I went there in Montreal, uh, kind of like on a whim and Ali, I think was speaking there. And we ended up sort of going out for lunch, a couple of us, and we went to this cafe that's like sort of down the street from the college where the event was being held. And at the time, I think he was just starting Fluent Spanish Academy. And he was sort of kind of doing, I feel like he was doing like a customer conversation with me because he was kind of talking to me about Spanish. Yeah. <laughs> and from there, he was kind of talking to me. He's like, well, your Spanish is already pretty good. Why don't you do something? And I was like, eh, no, really? I don't know if I want to, <laughs> I don't know if I want to do anything. And he said, and we were talking about, you know, salsa dancing. And he says, yeah, you know, it'd probably be like a really good idea because there's so many people who dance salsa who can't speak Spanish that I know. It's like, it's a thing. Like, so we were kind of talking about that. And he actually kind of challenged me. He said, Spanish con salsa would be like a good idea. And he's like, if you don't do it, I'm going to do it. Really? <laughs> yes. I didn't know. I didn't know about the story. Whoa. Yeah. I don't know if he remembers that conversation, but I, I know I came home and I said, I'm getting a logo because I'm not going to let him do it. I'm going to do it. <laughs> 
<laughs> wow, so it was only like himself who, who convinced you to, to do this. Yeah, yeah. I mean, because I was sort of like, I don't know. I mean, I sort of in the back of my mind, right? I mean, I had been doing things and I had been learning that way. And uh, along the lines, I also got a language coaching certification because I really did want to help people, but I didn't really have a brand or anything behind it. I had I started a blog, but I wasn't doing a lot with it. And, you know, because for me, it was just sort of a, a thing I was doing on the side and I wasn't taking it too seriously. But yeah, it was, it was funny. It was that conversation. <laughs> and um, from there, I just got, all right, well, you know, at least, at least start with a logo. And I think this is funny. So like the first thing I started trying to do, I think I was trying to sell something for like $7, like something ridiculous. So I was like, just like translating a couple of songs. Like that's how, <laughs> that's how it started. And I think I had maybe a hundred people uh, on an email list interested. I don't even remember where I got those hundred people from. But I think out of that, like a handful, maybe four people signed up and I was like, oh, this is so not worth my time. <laughs> mm. That was like my first effort. Um, but I've it's evolved since then to, because I got my language coaching certification, I started sort of looking more into online business and, and really trying to take it a little bit more seriously. Eventually what I developed was, you know, some online courses that focus on teaching Spanish through music and not just sort of translations of song lyrics, right? So it's become a little bit more robust since then. Um, and that's really what I focus on. I do online courses where I use music as sort of the, the content uh, to, to teach the language. And then I also have a membership program, which is really like group language coaching, where I work with a smaller group and we do some more intense like weekly uh, check-ins and sort of really helping people move along with their Spanish proficiency and actually practicing conversations. So that's a little bit more hands-on mm -hmm. uh, with the membership. And then, as I mentioned, I do the podcast. That's sort of my free content that I do every week. Yeah. So like when you started, you didn't have any following yet. It was just those hundred people on your mailing list that you don't remember where they come from. <laughs> right. Yeah. No, I had no following. Um, like I said, I had started a blog, but it really wasn't getting a lot of traction. Uh, and it was, it was actually under a different name. It's like sort of a name that I made up. Um, I called it Negringa because it was like the idea of being gringa, where you're like a foreigner that speaks mm -hmm. Spanish and also being negra, being black. So <laughs> it was like this little <laughs> mashup that I created. And um, so, yeah, I was just kind of doing a couple things here and there with the blog. But yeah, when I started out, I didn't really have a following. I didn't have Instagram. What we weren't really doing is Instagram as much then. Um, didn't really have a Facebook page. Yeah, I just kind of started out with that initial idea and a logo. <laughs> with a Facebook page and a logo. No, I, don't, I said I, don't even, I didn't have a Facebook page either at that oh, okay. point. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So what was like the first platform that you built? Was that the podcast? Uh, the first thing I did, like I said, I had the blog, but as Spanish con salsa, huh, I want to say I did it backwards, right? So I think I initially just started trying to sell something, <laughs> okay. which, you know, obviously, you know, and I know this now, bad idea um, <laughs> to like actually build an audience first. But at the time, I was just like trying to get something out there. I was like, oh, this is easy. I'll just put something out. People will buy it, right? Um, but yeah, so in, in 2019, January 2019 is when I actually started the podcast. Um, and prior to that, like I was just sort of testing things out here and there. Like I said, I wasn't doing it full time. So it wasn't, I wasn't very consistent with anything until I started the podcast. And, but because I love podcasts, because it's really helped me with language learning as well, it was one of those things where I was like, oh, I just got to do this because it's something I love. So it's never going to get old. Um, and it hasn't so far. So that's been the main thing that I've done. And I found with a podcast, and I think you've probably seen this too with Langpreneur, because I'm also, like I said, a listener, um, that you actually get to connect with people at a much different level with a podcast than with, like, say, a blog or even a YouTube channel. I mean, people love video, 
But I find that there's something about being in someone's ear, you know, week after week, and they're hearing your voice that's allowed me to be able to connect with an audience in a way that I hadn't before. So I really love doing the podcast. Yeah, that's exactly what we are doing here, right? And I know that many of our listeners are also interested in starting a podcast. Um, Do you have like some tips or things you want to share with people who are considering to start a podcast? Wow. Well, I would say it's 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 funny. I think, um, I don't know who said it. I think it was Seth Godin who said like podcasting is new blogging. Um, Because sort of how blogs used to be really, really popular and everyone started a blog. And now it's like everyone's starting a podcast, right? Um, So you've you've got like this this point where people might be asking like, why start one, right? There's so many out there. But I think the answer to that is just like with anything else, even with business, you might go, oh, someone else is already teaching Spanish or they're already teaching Italian. I don't need to do it. But there's always room for your voice, right? You have a story. And you have something unique. Uh, your journey is not like anyone else's. So I would just say to start, you know, um, there's so many resources out there. It's not like it was maybe 10 years ago when some of uh, some other folks were trying to start and they're trying to figure it all out. I mean, there's lots of resources. There's courses that will walk you through step by step what to do, how to start. There's a lot of free resources that are actually pretty good that weren't there just a few years ago. So I would just say, you know, get started. Uh, follow a course or, or, or someone that you trust to kind of walk you through the process and just do it, you know, yeah. and find your, your unique story to tell because there's always an audience for it. Podcasting is the best thing for really niche audiences. So if you're, if you're trying to say, oh, well, you know, I want to do this thing, but it's too specific. Like I won't find enough people for it. Podcasting is a way to really connect with an audience that wants yeah. that particular thing. So yeah. I would say just do it. And that's exactly what we're doing here with Langpreneur, right? Because we are in a niche. It's like online business combined with teaching languages. I mean, how many, how many people on earth <laughs> do have an, an online language business? Not so many. But yeah, having, having a podcast really allows you to create an audience that's really engaged and that listens every single week and that, you know, that, that takes action. Um, you build an audience that, you know, of people who come to your events, all that kind of stuff. I mean, that's, that's really powerful. You also mentioned that there are, you know, that everybody wants to start a podcast now and that there are so many podcasts out there. And yes, of course, there are many podcasts out there, but like, if you look at the, um, like how many blogs exist, like for every thousand people on earth, like that, it's, that number is still much higher than the amount of podcasts for every for every a thousand people on earth i don't have the statistics here but it's still it's 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 way less saturated than the blogging space for example and um well many benefits of starting a podcast so i mean tell us a little bit about the growth of your podcast because i saw like recently i think it was on facebook i think you shared some numbers and you had actually quite a big following there Oh, right, right. Yeah, I think I posted on Instagram. I was doing like a thank you to the listeners because I really, you know, I'm pretty bad with numbers sometimes, like checking the stats and everything like that. And I was going through just to kind of check because I, I was looking, um, I think I was looking up to put together a media kit for sponsors or something like that. In any case, so I looked on the graph uh, from my podcast host and it actually was showing me the total number of downloads and had surpassed at that point 300,000 downloads. Um, since I launched in January of last year. So that was pretty awesome for yeah. me to see. Cause I remember, you know, struggling, Oh, you know, can I get a hundred downloads, <laughs> you know, yeah. and to have it um, have surpassed 300,000 is just, is awesome. And, and the other thing I would say, just when thinking about starting a podcast, you know, there's people who will start from episode one and they will binge listen to your 
entire uh, feed. So yeah. you want to be thinking evergreen, like so. So just kind of be careful about adding dates because podcasts are the truest a form of evergreen content, but it also allows you to get people hooked where they're listening to your voice for hours as they're binging what you're listening to. And that's really how you build the connection. So, so yeah. And you know, mine grew, I think um, one of the main things I've done is what's been recommended by some of the like sort of online business folks that I follow in the podcasting space is just, just like with blogs, right? You do guest blogs to grow your blog. Well, just like, you know, just like that for podcasts, you do get, you, you're a guest on other people's podcasts, right? Yep. And that's how you grow your podcast because you don't have to explain to people what a podcast is <laughs> if they're already listening to one. I think that's one of the barriers. Like sometimes you say, oh, I have a podcast and some people go, what's that, right? It's still kind of, even though it's getting more popular, there are still people who aren't familiar with podcasting. So um, if they're already listening to one, then it's much more likely that they'll just subscribe to yours and hit the button. So that's the way, um, that's what I attribute to most of the growth is just being on other people's shows and mentioning my podcast whenever I'm on. Yeah. I mean, that's the main growth, that, that, uh, that's the main strategy, yeah, that's the main growth strategy for, you know, for people who want some more traffic. Like the number one question that you have to ask yourself is, where is my my ideal listeners or my customer avatar, where are they hanging out? And especially if you do something like, you know, if you teach Spanish, like the benefit of having a lot of competition means that the concept has been proven, right? There's already many people who are listening to Spanish podcasts. So that's actually an opportunity for you. So you can appear on other people's podcasts. And then at the end, you can say, by the way, if you want to learn more, go to my podcast. And they are already listening to a podcast. So, and um, yeah, I guess that's one of the uh, one of the benefits. If there is a lot of competition, the concept has been proven, and there is an existing audience that's hungry to buy. That's one of the challenges that we have with the Langpreneur podcast is that our audience doesn't really exist in an organized way. Like we can't really go to somebody who already has our audience, right? But okay, that's a, that's a different story. So. Yeah, talk a bit about monetization. Like, do you send people from your podcast to to your courses or how do you go about that? Well, in the beginning, I was just trying to see if it was something I would keep up doing consistently and, and bringing content that was valuable. Um, so I used initially the podcast as just a space to say, you know, what are the questions people keep asking me about that really are served a lot better in an audio format than versus writing a blog post about it. So for instance, one of the first episodes I did was about Dominican Spanish, which is, you know, fine to talk about conceptually, but unless you actually hear someone from the Dominican Republic speaking Spanish, you really don't get it because you can't hear the accent. Yeah, I know. So I did a lot of things like that um, in the beginning and I really didn't think about monetization. Um, it's funny, I actually attended um, back in March before everything got shut down, I attended a PodFest. I got uh, sponsored to go there and one of the uh, speakers, he, it was funny, I remember he had this graphic and he was showing a, a picture of a baby and he was talking about monetization. And he, he says, look, imagine if this baby comes out the womb and then you like stamp like a logo on its forehead, right? Like, and you're trying to sell sponsorship. He's like, that doesn't make sense. So like when you're first starting, don't worry about monetization. You have to build your audience first and build that connection and then worry about it later. So I kind of, it was, it was hilarious. So it kind of stuck with me. Like, okay, when it's a baby, you really don't need to be trying to make money off of it. But <laughs> as after, you know, kind of grew and matured, um, I would, I was focused on really just directing people to the courses I already had. Yeah. So it was really a platform to promote my existing courses, uh, as well as, um, affiliate, uh, marketing. So I've, I've done some 
for some of the products that I really have used and believe in, if I've had, sometimes I'll have the founder on to talk about the product and then I'll do maybe a review and then I'll do affiliate sales that way. Um, and then actually most recently I've started doing sponsorships and actually got approached by my first sponsor. It was, our, it was actually an mm. existing affiliate. And they said, Hey, we're sponsoring podcasts now. Can we sponsor your podcast? And I'm like, sure. Yeah. <laughs> So from there, I've, I've just started doing sponsorship, but that's been, that's been over a year before I even thought about doing that. So what is it that you do like on the podcast? Do you interview other people or you, you teach Spanish through salsa music? Is it a combination of the two? Yeah, it's really a combination. Um, and that, and that goes from first, like I said, in the beginning, I was just testing things out to see what worked the best. And after, you know, I had some episodes under my belt, I've actually on an episode, I think, what am I on? I'm almost on 90. Might be my next next episode. Um, so I've done quite a bit now. So I've I've got some experience with it. And then I would ask people, you know, like, what do you guys want to hear? Because I also have a Facebook group. So I funnel people to the Facebook group, um, and I'll try to start conversations in there. And and everyone kind of likes the mix. So some some episodes I actually am teaching Spanish based on a song, and in other episodes I'll have interviews. So sometimes I have conversations with people about a specific topic. Uh, or I'll ask someone like to share their favorite song and we'll kind of break it down together. So I kind of combine the two. So those are, those are the main things I do. Um, but I try to keep a mix to kind of keep it interesting. Yeah. And in the Facebook group, is there a lot of engagement or how do you keep people engaged there? Like, do they do it themselves or you need to go in there every now and then? And well, I have, I have someone that's uh, now I have someone managing the Facebook group for me because I just, I really try not to spend a lot of time on social media, Instagram mm. as well. Um, and a lot of the engagement is really just through asking questions. Like sometimes like when I need to come up with new episodes or new content, I'll kind of just pull the group and say, hey, what song are you guys listening to this week? Or what do you want to hear on the podcast? So I use it, you know, for to, to gauge uh, an interest in new content ideas. Um, but then also it's just a way to start conversations. People are in there engaging. My VA is in there. She kind of posts little questions and stuff like that. So people will be in there practicing their Spanish. Uh, so yeah, so that that's what the uh, Facebook group is mainly for. Uh, and occasionally I do go in there and like run challenges or I'll do like little, I'll have different activities to kind of keep people engaged. Usually if I'm about to launch a course uh, or a program or do a promotion, then I'll, I'll use the Facebook group for that as well. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I often get a question and people come to me and they say, okay, you have a podcast, but how can you make money off a podcast? And I said, well, one way to do is, is sponsorships, of course, but you can also just sell, promote your own products, for example. So, I mean, how, yeah, what would you say if people ask you, how can you monetize a podcast? Yeah, I, I would think that's the wrong question. And I would go back to the baby example. And at first, like with any other type of content, at first you were trying to build an audience and connect with people, right? At the beginning, you need to help someone do something. And if you're not doing that, asking how to monetize it is the wrong question. But I think if assuming you've already got something of value and you've proven that it's, it's actually helpful to people, I think that uh, in, in a smaller space, like, because we're not going to have like Joe Rogan numbers, right? Like out the gate, right? <laughs> so um, unless you're like Joe Rogan, like sponsorship is probably not going to help you quit your nine to five. <laughs> so I would say, especially in this space, in the language space, is that you want to be selling something. Um, I've, I, ideally an online course, but if you have like a, a coaching service, something that's more high ticket, um, you can definitely sell that off a podcast because again, people are listening to your voice week after week. And if they're still listening past the first few episodes, there's something that they're connecting with and they're a lot more likely if you get on a call with them to sign up for whatever you're selling. 
So I would just say sell something from you because you're actually selling yourself and your voice through the podcast and people are connecting with you. So don't be afraid to do that. And, and even if you don't have a product yet, <laughs> like always, it's always good to like sell before you make it right. That's the yeah. best way to prove a concept. So yeah, definitely do that. Do you still do one-on-one coaching or, or teaching? I, I really don't anymore um, because I, I funnel most of that through my membership. So I, what I do is group coaching because I've just found it's more efficient. Yeah. Um, I actually, I mean, I still, you know, work uh, full time. also have a son that I'm trying to virtually school right now or whatever oh. that's working. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, and I like to also just go outside sometimes. Like I don't, um, I don't want to fill up my schedule with sort of a lot of one-on-one and also it's just not worth uh, the scale for me for, for the time. So uh, I find it's much more cost effective to do group coaching. And I really do love doing that because coaching is coaching is what I love to do, but I just on a one-on-one basis, it's not very scalable. So I used to do a lot of one-on-one and that's helped me sort of develop a group coaching program, which is much more efficient for me. Um, And I still get to have that interaction with them, with folks that are learning Spanish. So, yeah. So like how, how does the group coaching work? You, I mean, you, you, you answer people's question or do you also do teaching in, the group coaching or is it really more coaching than teaching? Uh, it's, I mean, a, it's a combination. Yes. Yeah, so mm. I do it through my membership. So I have a uh, Spanish con salsa. It's like a fluency club and we mm. just focus on, you know, I give them access to, to the courses so they can actually learn through music and also learn conversational Spanish. Um, and through that, I also have a team I work with where we do, uh, group classes so it'll be more like conversation focused and then once a month I'll come in and I'll actually teach on a, on a particular topic depending on what the, the community is asking for and I'll do like a QA. and a uh, and they also have weekly check-ins so they can come in and they can like fill out a form they have made it really simple they ask they answer a few questions and then it helps me kind of see where they are and then I'll either I sort of send them a quick voice note or I'll record something in our uh, private Facebook group, right? And I'll just kind of answer everyone's questions and I'll do that once a month. So it varies, but that it's, it's a way for me to be able to be responsive uh, week after week and do it a lot more efficiently. So yeah. it works pretty well. And how much do you charge for that? Uh, it, it varies. I have different packages. I have like a monthly uh, membership and there's also a, a discounted rate when people sign up annually. So, yeah. Okay. So what's the future? I mean, what's your ambition? Do you want to, want to do this full time, quit your job or? Yeah, that, you want to share? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's interesting for me. So, because I've I've been listening to the podcast, and I know I've I've heard a couple of your guests sort of talk about, you know, making that decision to to quit their jobs, and everyone has sort of different, uh, I guess different. Um, everyone has a different story, right? Some people, if you have a spouse that's supporting you and you don't have to worry about paying a mortgage or rent, like it's a little bit easier. Like there's all these sort of different dynamics to it. And for me, I mean, I work um, in technology. It's sort of my day job. And I actually love doing that too. So um, I don't, I don't really want to quit my job right now. Um, But yeah, I mean, obviously if the opportunity presented itself and we weren't living in sort of COVID times as we were now, oh, I travel the world and all of that, but I've done quite a bit of traveling even with my job and the business um, with my son. So I don't know. I kind of, kind of happy where I'm at. Hmm. Um, It would be nice to quit my job, but you know, it would take several years it would, have to, it would have to get to the point where I'm actually losing money by not spending time on the business before I would make <laughs> yeah. that decision. And yeah. I'm not there yet. <laughs> How much time per week do you spend on the business? 
Oh, I have to tell, I have to just be honest. I have a little bit of ADHD, which a lot bit. So I'm not really good with tracking time. <laughs> so I cannot answer that question very precisely. But I will say that I've done 90 episodes of my podcast every week and that I have done it without fail. I've done a lot of batching. Sometimes I'm, I get behind on batching and I do have to spend time doing that every week. So I think with the podcast just itself, um, I don't know. It depends. I have an editor now that helps with some of the audio stuff, but maybe like two to four hours, um, depending on what I have to do uh, that that particular week. I mean, I send out emails. I do a lot. They said with the the group coaching, I am pretty hands on with that, but I have a VA that handles a lot of the like social media posting all that. So I don't spend a lot of time with any of that stuff. Um, Sometimes I edit the podcast myself, but if it's an interview, I usually have my editor do it. So yeah, I don't, I don't spend a whole, I try not to spend a whole lot of time. So I guess yeah. I'm as close to four hour work week as you can get, but I still have my day job. <laughs> yeah. So it's really like a side hustle then. I mean, you only spend two or four hours and you still have something that, well, that clearly works. The audience is growing. People are buying your course, they're signing up for the membership. That's cool. Yeah. But uh, I mean, but I think the key is, you know, it's taking me a, a long time to get there. So like they'll say, yeah. like, there's no such thing as an overnight success. So yeah. I have spent, I can't tell you how many hours I have spent you know, testing out things that didn't work, listening to different podcasts about business, listening to this podcast, listening to um, different courses, trying out things that people said would definitely work and you'd make a six figure launch and then finding out that it didn't work for me. So I have done a quite a bit of trial and error. I think I've tried almost all of the things with language learning and with, with online business. So <laughs> it's yeah. definitely taken me a while to figure out what works to get it down to that. But I think what's helped me in that process is, like I said, especially with the podcast, is just following um, a system that works. I mean, actually, the course I got to help me out with this, um, I don't know if you want me to, I don't know if I, don't, I, don't know if I should yeah, it yeah, yeah. It was okay. <laughs> but um, I, I listened to um, Smart Passive Income by Pat Flynn. So yeah. he's, he's been a podcaster for over a decade. So I figured, you know, he has a course. I'll, I'll try someone that, that's done this before and that knows what they're doing. And um he helps like with sort of everything, like with the tech, like so you don't have all these questions. And he also makes it really simple. So he literally gives you like a step-by-step. Um, there's another one called Podcaster's Paradise as well. Yep. Uh, that one's a little more, quite honestly, I feel like that one had a lot more, it was like a course, but then it was trying to sell you all these services once you got into the course, which I really don't appreciate. Um, so I, I enjoyed Pat Flynn's course to sort of, he just kind of gave you step-by-step what to do. Um, and, and I needed something like that cause I was all over the place. I mean, you can get so lost Googling how to start a podcast. Oh, you need to get this microphone or that microphone or, oh, should you use zoom or should you use the, like, it's not that complicated. Right. So like, you just need to just do the thing. So I would just say, find a system to follow and execute, you know? So that's what, that's what helped me kind of get out of that endless search, uh, of like, how, do, how do I do this? And just getting to the point where I actually just started doing it. Yeah. Any other resources that you want to recommend here on the podcast for other people who are trying to build, well, an online language business or maybe more specifically um, a podcast? Hmm. I don't know. I mean, Mm -hmm. I would say, I think because we're the age that we're in, right? The problem is too much information. There's not a lack of information. And one of the things I know I had struggled with is, you know, listening to all these different people talk about how they did things and trying to chase after all of that. 
And what I really had to do was just ask myself, well, what is it that I love to do? What doesn't feel like work for me? What would I do if I didn't get paid for it? And then to just follow that strategy. Because it's so easy to get caught up. Like someone come out tomorrow and say, you got to be on TikTok, right? And like you've got to, but you have to have a YouTube channel. Or like now, like we were just talking about podcasting. Well, if you don't love podcasting, don't do it. Like if if you don't want to sit in front of a microphone, then don't do a podcast. Do YouTube if you like video. I personally do not like video, so I do podcasts. So you have to do what you like to do because it shows, right? Like the value that you provide, if you're doing something that you don't really enjoy, it's going to show and people are going to be repelled instead of attracted. So I would say, you know, before you go looking for the how-to and Googling, even listening to every episode of this podcast and going, oh, episode X said so-and-so, you know, got really big because they hacked some algorithm for Facebook ads, right? Like before you even get to that, like I would just kind of take time to sit with yourself and see how can you really help people in a way that you enjoy. And I think if you have that, the rest of it will fall into place. I mean, sure, you'll need some support along the way. uh, And I definitely recommend you get that support because I don't know about everyone listening. I don't know about you, but for me, like I don't have a lot of friends that are trying to start online language businesses. Right? <laughs> like, <laughs> I, I've met some, you know, along the way as I've attended events and, and different things, but you, you've got to get some support around you for other people that are trying to do this because it's not going to make you very popular at cocktail parties, right? Talking about, you know, oh, how do you do, you know, Instagram ads, right? Like, so, so just kind of look for that support and be true to yourself. And, and, you know, I would also say, for me, I'm not one of the burn the bridges type of people. Like, you know, some people go, oh, you know, if you're going to start a business, I know Tony Robbins says it, burn the bridges, right? Like, so if you put yourself on the island and, and you know, burn the boats, like, so you can't get off the island, this is the only way and you'll be successful. I'm not that risk averse. And I don't think you have to be to start a business. I think you need to be realistic with where you are in life. Um, and for me, like, I know I never wanted to be one of those people that kind of was looking for a customer for how I was going to eat that, that month, right? Like, I don't want to be in that position. So I think, you know, having some security is important, especially, you know, depends on your level of risk aversion. But I would say that, you know, you don't have to go all in, right? Like you can, there is a, a measured way to do this. And if you look at really wealthy people in the world, they're, they are not huge risk takers, they take measured risks. So I would say you don't feel like you have to you know, to be an entrepreneur that you've got to, you know, 100%, like just sell all of your things and just go travel the world and without any real planning or forethought, like it doesn't require that. So I really like that. I think that's really important, especially the first thing that you mentioned here is that, you know, because there's so many people who are comparing themselves to, to others, right? So also our listeners, actually, I'm also doing that. Well, I used to do it a lot more myself as well. So basically listening to other people, comparing yourself to other people. Oh, this guy, you know, grow a huge business through Facebook ads. I need to do Facebook ads. Oh, this guy published books on Amazon. I need to publish books on Amazon. That, that's, not, that's not how it works. Um, so, I mean, our goal with the podcast here is to really inspire our listeners and to show what's possible, but definitely don't compare yourself to others because everybody is unique, right? And if Facebook ads work for somebody or maybe somebody is good at it, I don't know, at a YouTube or running a podcast, it doesn't mean that that's your thing. I mean, you need to focus on what you are naturally best at and you can only figure it out by trying a lot of stuff. Just like you said, you have, you've done a lot of trial and error. Same thing for me. And sometimes you're not making progress for months and months and months. But then, you know, like when you're not making any progress, those are the best times to actually just sit down and reflect on why is it not working, what I'm doing and 
and what what is it actually what I want or what I can do better than anybody else. Um, so sometimes I think, yeah, we need those setbacks to really reflect and to create a new plan. Um, yeah, and I think that, you know, even applying you know, whatever your journey is as a language learner to inform how you, how you approach business, right? Because it's really similar, right? There's so many things in language, like it's not this linear thing, like, oh, I go from a beginner to level C2, and then I'm fluent, right? Um, you have ups and downs, you learn things, you, you forget things, like you, you try things out, and you, you gain proficiency. And it's, it's not often a straight line, it's usually a little bit messy. And it's the same thing with business, right? Like, what works last month might not work this month. And you always have to be innovating. You always have to be trying new things, but you also have to be, uh, I, I suggest you, you should be enjoying what you're doing. Otherwise, just get a job, right? Like if you're going to complain about it. So I think that it's a journey, just like learning the language. And I would treat business the same way. Yeah. Well, thanks for mentioning that. So yeah, any other tips or things that you have learned like over the last few years, building your, uh, your side hustle, uh, Spanish Consalsa, do you want to share with our audience? Yeah, I mean, I would say that you don't want to do it alone, um, you know, and I'm, you know, and I'm, I know this is cliche because I think everyone says this now, but I really am an introvert um, and I don't like being in front of, you know, video all the time and I don't necessarily feel like I have to be doing Facebook lives every week. Like, it's just not my thing. Uh, but I would say that trying to go it alone is much, much harder. Um, if you don't reach out for that support, if you don't find a way to connect with other people who are at least trying to do this, even if it's not in language learning, if even if it's just online business, um, but it, it definitely helps if you have someone that knows the niche that you're in and the industry that you're in. Um, I think one of the mistakes, well, not mistakes, but one of the things I've learned in the, from the past is I have been in a couple of masterminds before and they were for people who had all different types of businesses. And while it was great to have that support, I found that the conversations weren't as helpful to me because their industries were so different yeah. that it really didn't apply to, to language learning, especially, you know, knowing the ins and outs of um, what works and what doesn't work in, in this particular industry. So I think sort of what you're doing with this podcast is great to sort of giving that insight yeah. uh, to, to be able to really understand the stories of people who've done this in this space. And yeah. I think that you've got to continue to learn. You've got to continue to, to grow, uh, you can't just sort of rest on, okay, I had this one success and be, and be content with it. I think that's part of entrepreneurship is that you always have a desire to make things better yourself and your business and the people that you serve. So I would just say, keep growing. And if you, if you're frustrated and you feel like it's not working, something will stick. Um, it, it took me a lot more error <laughs> in that trial and error than wins to get to a point where I feel comfortable with where I am and, and happy with what I'm doing. And, and of course, I mean, I'd love to grow things. We all want to grow. Uh, but at the same time, I want to grow in a smart way that I can actually still be serving the people that I serve in a way that's useful to them and not just sort of chasing after the next big thing and trying to get as big as possible because that's not my goal. Um, so yeah, I mean, I would say make sure you don't try to do this all by yourself because it's going to be infinitely more difficult and you'll make a lot more mistakes <laughs> than you need to. Uh, if you don't reach out for that support. Do you have a support group? Yeah, well, you know, it's interesting. So I kind of started one for myself because there wasn't, <laughs> there wasn't really anything. Uh, and I, like I said, I've been to different language events. I have met different people, which I think has also been extremely valuable, like to sort of put, you know, faces to some of the folks who maybe have followed their YouTube channels or I had seen their blogs, but to actually meet them in person, like Ali was one, I met Lindsay, I met Benny Lewis, 
uh, just all these people that, you know, you look at, you're like, oh my God, they're doing this thing. But you realize that they're just human beings like you. Yeah. And it really makes things feel more accessible um, to, to really get to know those folks. And they've, everyone's been super kind, especially in the language learning space. Like I haven't really run across too many people that were obnoxious or <laughs> stuck up or anything. So that's been great, I think. Um, but yeah, I mean, I've, I've met people that way, but then also I just sort of, I pulled a, a couple folks that I had met together and said, hey, like, let's do, you know, let's do a mastermind. Let's just, or let's, let's treat, at least try to connect uh, on a regular basis and encourage each other with what we're doing with language. Um, and we, so we started doing some of that. And then out of that, actually, we ended up uh, putting together uh, an event called the Sisters Only Language Summit, which focused on, you know, Black women, particularly in the language learning space, because we found that, you know, we would attend a lot of events, like a lot of polyglot events and there just weren't that many speakers of color. There weren't that many women. And uh, I had actually spoke at Women in Language before, which mm -hmm. um, Shannon Kennedy and uh, Lindsay and, and Kirsten do. So uh, I thought that was like a really great event. But we were talking about like, yeah, there's so many uh, women of color in this language learning space. And we just don't feel that we see the representation. So we, we created it ourselves. So we, we did this event back in April. We did another one in July. We're all virtual because of uh, the, the COVID situation right now, but we do want to do an in-person event one day, but just kind of serving that need, you know, came out of that conversation. So you never really know where things are going to go. Right. Um, yeah. uh, but it, it came out of my own need of like, look, I, you know, I'm kind of in this and, and I'm, I'm over here by myself. I'm in the U S and there's a lot of folks in Europe. And I'm like, ah, we really, I need some folks to connect with. So I created it for myself because I didn't really have it around me, but I found that it was really helpful to just at least have people to bounce ideas off of yeah. uh, because I found that I would kind of get in my head and then drive myself crazy over like, well, this work, well, that work, should I do this? Oh, I want to automate a funnel. I'm going to do an evergreen thing. And I get so far into the weeds because I'm a techie sort of by nature. Mm -hmm. So I'm like trying to automate stuff before I even like put the content out. So I, I've like got this whole rabbit hole, but just like having people to, to bounce things off of so that I don't get too far into that. <laughs> and they're like, well, Tamara, why don't you just do this? I'm like, ah, you know what? That's simple. You're right. <laughs> I should try that. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. Oh, no, I was also just going to say, too, um, I think that that imposter syndrome thing that comes up a lot is real. And if you don't have people to kind of reflect for you to say, hey, you know what? I know you're hard on yourself, but you really are yeah. doing great. Yeah. Like, you know, like when you reached out to me and I said, ah, well, you know, yeah. I don't I'm not doing my business full time. So I don't know if I'm a fit for your, your, your podcast. It's kind of like that thing that always comes up. Right. Like, am I good enough? Like, is this is what I'm doing enough? And to have other people sort of be a sounding board to say, hey, what you've got is really good. Or, hey, maybe you didn't think about this, but when I look at it, this is what I see. So having people that will be honest with you uh, and that will reflect back what you're doing really, really helps because especially when you're doing online business, you're behind a screen, you know, all day. You don't really get that connection and you don't really get to see uh, yourself through your, your customer's eyes and through your audience's eyes. So having people around you that will help you kind of have that different perspective and see your blind spots is is critical yeah just for the listeners because indeed when i asked you a few weeks ago if you wanted to you know to be a guest on our podcast you said yeah i'm not really sure because i'm not doing this thing full time and i look at a conversation that we're just having um i'm sure our our audience is, is fully enjoying it and on top of that you know sometimes you know as a told you just before we started the interview you know it's good to show people or to have people on the show who have like huge audiences who make millions maybe tens of millions but not everybody can relate to those guys right so 
yeah, I think it was, was really good to have you on the show today, tomorrow. It was really a pleasure talking to you. Thanks for all the knowledge that you shared with our listeners. If our listeners want to learn, want to learn more, then where can you go? Tell us about your podcast and also about the, uh, the event. Uh, sure. So my podcast is the Learn Spanish Con Salsa podcast. So you can find that hopefully wherever you're listening to this podcast uh, as well. We also have a Facebook group. If you're a Spanish learner and you're interested in that, you can reach out there. Uh, it, just look for, or you can just search for Spanish Con Salsa. Uh, you should be able, able to find me on Facebook as well. Um, also on Instagram, at Learn Spanish Con Salsa. And our event, the Sisters Only Language Summit, uh, we're planning an event for 2021 right now. But if you go to sistersonlylanguagesummit.com, uh, you can find more information about that as well. And we are, you know, like I said, we informally do some masterminding. So if you're looking for um, something that's more informal, uh, not like a course, but just sort of folks to bounce ideas off of, we do connect that way as well um, with that group. But yeah, if you reach out to me either way, I can get you more information um, about it as well. So yeah. Cool. Tamara, was uh, was a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you for having me on. Want to learn how you can grow your language business or maybe meet us at one of our upcoming events? Then go to our website, langpreneur.com. Thanks for listening and see you in the next episode.